You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature. About 33% of COVID-19 patients who were never sick enough to require hospitalization continue to complain months later of symptoms like fatigue, loss of smell or taste, and brain fog. More than 40% of patients with COVID showed neurological manifestations at the onset, and more than 30% of those had impaired cognition or thinking. Sometimes the neurological manifestations can be devastating and can lead to death. Hi, Spoonies and Mental Health Warriors. Welcome back to Unified. I'm Kimberly Murphy here with Angie Roberts. And in a bit, we will be talking to a woman who tested positive for COVID and she never fully recovered. In fact, she started experiencing neurological symptoms that had her doctors scratching their heads. But first, we've been covering COVID since the pandemic began and trying to keep up with any new information we can find. So Angie, as our dedicated yes. researcher, <laughs> I know <laughs> I know that finding info has not always been easy. What do you know about COVID and what it does to the brain? Well, it was really interesting because I actually did sign up for the Psychology Today magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> and so I hope the they're listening. <laughs> I know I should be getting this thing for free by now. Uh Um, The first thing that they, uh, the first issue talked about COVID in the brain. So, you know, it's been ravaging the world just for over a year now. And most still think this disease is a respiratory infection. I don't really understand how they think that, but Mm -hmm. you know, while it starts in the airways and the virus that causes COVID and SARS, Cove 2, I guess that's how you say it, mm-hmm. can affect other body symptoms, though. The heart, the skin, the blessed vessels. And yes, they're finding out even the brain. Mm. They're finding out that COVID particles have been found in the brain, proving it can be the target of infection. So high levels of inflammation can lead to symptoms like memory loss, brain fog, and depression. Which actually makes total sense to us because a lot of our chronic illness um, diseases or disorders cause brain inflammation or inflammation in the body. And we have the same symptoms, memory loss and brain fog. Yeah. So that makes complete sense. We feel your pain. Yes, we do. You feel our pain now. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, sorry, but it's worse than that, right? Right. There have also been documented cases of brain infection, spinal cord infection, seizures, nerve damage, neurodegeneration or degeneration of the brain, Mm -hmm. neuroinflammation or inflammation of the brain. In the acute and severe stage, the most common effect on the brain is a temporary stage known as delirium. People hospitalized with COVID-19 are at high risk for developing this disorder, which is characterized by fluctuating attention and disorientation, emotional extremes, agitation, hallucination, and paranoia, or sometimes the opposite, a very flat emotional expression. So basically, we will never know if men have it or not. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, no, she didn't go there. So the flat emotional expression, is that sort of like de-association, disassociation? 
Yes, and it can just be where you really are numb and you don't feel much and you don't show much emotion. Okay. So it's kind of like the opposite of everything else. Right. Okay. And so people that have long haulers, I know that they have typical symptoms. So maybe we should just remind the listeners of those again um, in case they're not familiar. Because I know all of this is pretty new to a lot of people. It really is. Yeah. And I think the list is actually growing. Mm -hmm. So um, fatigue, of course, uh, is one of the big ones that they're having. You know, uh, my friend says that he just feels like um, one minute he has all the energy and the next minute he has no energy at all. Yeah, that's that's hard. I know a lot of people can relate to that in the chronic Mm -hmm. illness community and in the mental health community as well. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shortness of breath or difficulty breathing um, is also reported. Mm-hmm. Still having a cough, joint pain, chest pains, memory or concentration or sleep problems, muscle pain or headaches, fast or pounding heartbeat. Wow. Okay. Uh, I know. I wouldn't uh, expect that they, one. Mm-hmm. Well, they were saying that the vital signs are, your vital signs are going all over the place. Your mm-hmm. heart like um from when you lay down to standing up it'll go up real fast okay so um it's it's interesting what this is doing to the body you're also still having problems with loss of taste or smell depression and anxiety uh fevers some Mm -hmm. people are still having fevers my friend is still having fevers wow um dizziness when standing and worse problems after physical or mental activities. Now, see, reading that list, a lot of those symptoms can also be for so many other things. So I can completely understand how doctors could look at a patient and they're not going to think long haulers right off the bat because a lot of doctors are just really kind of accepting the fact that COVID can do long lasting damage in the first place. So, I mean, joint pain, fatigue, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, joint pain. I probably just said that, uh, (laughs) chest pain, difficulty breathing, you know, all that stuff could be lupus. So, right. You know what I mean? So, um, just that stuff could be fibromyalgia. Exactly. So I can see how this could be really hard for doctors to diagnose. Right. I think so too. I think they have a long road ahead of them, um, with COVID and, you definitely need to be praying and be patient and absolutely so hard. It is so hard to be patient. We just want to know the answers now. Well, yeah, because we want people to be treated and and have the least amount of damage done because, you know, as we talk about in many of our episodes, uh, viruses like this can turn into or activate long-term chronic illnesses that Mm -hmm. are never curable. So, I mean, that's the, I think that's the fear for most people is that they're going to end up with something that isn't curable. Yeah, that's, and it's scary. It's Mm -hmm. just scary not to know what's going on with your own body. We'd like to welcome Stacy Anderson to Unified. She tested positive for COVID and has suffered from long-term neurological effects. We have several questions for you, Stacy. So if you don't mind, we'll just jump right in. 
Stacy, how long were you sick with COVID and how did you find out? Uh, the original active infection was about 16 to 18 days that it lasted, that I was feeling just utterly like garbage. Um, right. We happened to find out because where I work at my aunt's uh, assisted living, we had a resident that was sick that had went to the hospital, came back, um, apparently picked up COVID while he was in the emergency room oh, and was sent out a few days after that with testing being done for a second time with a positive test. When they originally tested him, when they brought him into the ER, he didn't have it. When he came home, he had it. And he gave it to all of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he gave it to all of you. I'm sure that's happening a lot in the assisted living facilities. That makes a lot of sense that they would go to the hospital, catch it, and bring it back. Yep. What were some of your symptoms and how bad bad did you have because uh, it seems like everybody's having a different experience so what was your experience with your symptoms extremely major headaches uh body pains like you wouldn't believe i could barely move mm. um extremely tired no matter how much sleep i got i think the first few days i slept all but like two hours and those two hours were split between meals and potty breaks and of course taking care of my animals but other than that i didn't really do anything <laughs> the first few days right. of actually coming down with it mm-hmm. um it was really rough the appetite was gone um extremely thirsty even though you didn't feel like really eating or drinking anything mm-hmm. and i ended up having uh, extreme issues with my memory, fevers up to almost 104. Oh. Um, just wow, that's really, high. really icky sick stuff. Mm-hmm. That sounds horrible. It does. It was. Just, how was your breathing? It was not good because I have other issues with my breathing also. So it just amplified that. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was actually one of the long-term things that stuck with me that I still deal with. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But during the time that I had the actual COVID, I had a cough really bad. They had me on prednisone. They were making me use umpteen different inhalers to try to stop the breathing issues. I had to have a couple of nebulizer treatments nothing with me needs to work um now now they have me on three inhaling devices they have two different um the regular uh duoneb Uh and then a brao inhaler so that my lungs function doesn't get any worse from this stuff and my rescue now you say now you're on all of those how long ago was your first uh symptoms of covid so how long has it been since it started i got covid in the end of november right so how long after covid 
did you realize that it was long haulers? And what were your symptoms of long haulers? Uh, the continued um, breathing issues, continued cough, shortness of breath, feeling like I had a semi sitting on my chest the whole time, mm. uh, continued with the fatigue and the inability to be able to do very much at one time before I needed a break. Right. I still, every once in a while, spike fevers and get huge hot flashes. Um, still have problems with headaches. What were the doctors saying? Um, that it, Were they saying it was long haulers or were they saying something else is going on? They, so far, are still doubting a long haulers, but they're kind of running toward it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I see my neurologist at in a few days, I'm hoping to get a better answer from him, maybe. But I was right. also having like seizure like episodes that were coming along with the severe migraine headache that I was having. And I had that headache for a good two and a half months straight. Wow. Without it going away, it just would intensify and decrease a little bit here and there. And you'd never had seizures before this? I had uh, grand malls when I was four. Mm -hmm. And I only had two of those. They put me on some Dilantin at that time. And I took it for a couple of years with no seizures. So they took me off of it. Oh, okay. With long haulers, they say that um, past illnesses such as epilepsy that has went away um, and things of that nature that you think you have beat, they will come back. No, oh, that's not good. We yes. activate it. Mm-hmm. So that describes you perfectly. Right. 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 So what are they doing to treat you? Are they doing anything to treat you besides the inhalers? They're going to do a pulmonary function test and see where I'm at compared to prior to this um, by the end of May. Mm-hmm. But right now, other than that and looking at what the possible damage to my lungs is as a result of it, they have not really given me any answers of how they can help any of the rest of the symptoms. As I said, right. Hoping when I go to my neurologist, he may have a insight somewhere along some of this. Uh, I hope so too. Or check yes. some other check some other things maybe that might lead him to uh, being able to give me something to help with some of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you had any of the? So you've had some of the psychiatric symptoms. Yes. Um. Also, right. The depression, anxiety. Yes, um, made them a lot worse. Um, did it even being on my treatment regimen? It just has put me in a really dark place because I have the issues I have anyway with um, chronic illnesses, and then to add the extra fatigue and the inability to breathe and the feeling like you can't do anything. It's, it just made it worse. You said a dark place. What, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, I don't really do anything besides go to work and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, I go shopping 
her necessities. I go see my kid when she absolutely needs me to. Um, that's about all I do. Yeah. Right. Just kind of in that rut and dark hole. Yeah. I, I don't really do much of anything. I Facebook scroll throughout the day, but I don't really put too much out there. Um, (laughs) I used to be out like it's springtime now it's nice and green and the flowers are starting to come up I should be out in my flower beds cleaning them up getting it so that I can see my new ones I don't even want to be out there and I love gardening mm-hmm. um, I'm so um, sorry Stacy yeah yeah that's a hard place to be and with my pet <laughs> I should be out walking them. I should be doing things. Mm-hmm. I love to go for walks. I love to be outside and I just don't want to be. I think a lot of people with depression can understand that people who don't have depression are probably like, well, just do it. But it, it's not that simple. No, we've talked about that before. People we've talked mm-hmm. about that before. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> what would your advice for others that think they might have long collars be? Um, to do your research on it. Doctors mm-hmm. are very um, hesitant at this time to really diagnose long haulers. You pretty much have to be able to self-diagnose and see what you can do and keep on your doctors behind. Right now, they're so afraid that they don't want to diagnose it, especially in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to really keep on their behinds to get them to realize what is going on with you. Keep pushing, making them understand just how bad it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But they are, especially here in my area of Wisconsin, I'm like in the poorest County of the state guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're very, very hesitant to listen to the people and, believe that it's long hauler syndrome you know it's all over the united states people are having these issues after covid and there's there's no other they're just gonna have to face the fact that uh that it is a problem and it is something from covid that has been um that has happened that and and we got to figure out how to fix it yeah more and more research is what's gonna uh, help and is what it's right. going to take. The more, unfortunately, the more people that get sick and stay sick, the more that we'll, we'll finally do about it. Um, but in the meantime, you know, it's, we're going right. to be faced with issues like this where they're trying to say it's other things. And Stacy, will you come back and let us know uh, in the future how this turns out for you? Because I'm sure everybody would like to know, um, you know, what those results come back as and how you handled it. Uh, Cause I know you're still in the process of trying to figure things out. Yeah, I certainly can. Great. We'd love that. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Stacy, to people um, who have COVID or just in general? Um, I was, I was skeptical. Um, and for the longest time, I figured I wasn't going to get it. It didn't take long to be the one that got it. I was masking and I was doing what I needed to do. And 
um, the client that we had that got it, we couldn't keep him in a mask. He was MS patient and his okay. brain wasn't allowing him to oh. remember what we needed him to do with the mask and leaving oh, it on okay. and why. So we all were exposed. And what Stacy just said proves why we all need to wear masks. Both people, not yep. just one. Exactly. Right. He had COVID. He couldn't wear the mask, kept taking off the mask. Everybody else was wearing the mask and they ended up with COVID. So we need, please just wear your mask. This is why we always say mask up. <laughs> yeah. Please just wear your mask. So Angie, what is the mantra for this week? We are in the midst of a highly teachable moment. There's no doubt that this period will be referred to for the rest of our lifetimes. We have a chance to go deep, to go broad. Globally, we are in this together. Depth is being forced on us by great suffering, which I like to say always leads to great love. Yeah, there is no doubt about the tremendous suffering happening around the world, which is why it's so important that we stick together. I mean, not just with our loved ones, but we also need to show compassion to everyone. Yes. You just don't know what people are going through, especially now. You know what I mean? So um, it's really important that we just treat everyone the way that we would want to be treated in a situation where somebody has COVID or someone that we love, um, we've lost to COVID. Because uh, that number is increasing all the time and people are suffering. They really are. Um, but we can help each other with compassion. We absolutely can. Yes. Just remember, you may not have been there, but you can always just have a little bit of empathy or sympathy mm-hmm. for that person. Exactly. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did get something out of it, please like, share, follow, or subscribe. All of our social media information (laughs) will be announced in just a moment. Um, Please join us next week where an unexpected experience at the doctor's office this week led us to the difficult topic of doctors without boundaries. So, yeah. (laughs) So until then, remember that we are always stronger together. Mask up. Peace out, guys. Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.